Father God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross. I thank you for defeating death on that cross and raising on the third day. Father, right now we've gathered together to hear a word from you, Lord, as we continue, Lord, to celebrate the sacrifice and the miracle on that cross. Father, I uh, ask that you speak to us, that you speak to our hearts, that the walls in our lives may come down and that we may allow your word to settle in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There is no greater truth than the resurrection of our Lord, right? There's no greater truth. He is risen. He is risen. Um, that's a truth that is, that is most loved by anyone who calls himself a disciple of Christ. However, <laughs> there is no truth hated more as well. We, this is our, the, the, the most loved truth that we hold on to, but there is no truth that's hated the most as this truth. For those that, uh, by the devil, with anyone that, anyone that goes against what we believe in our faith. It doesn't surprise me that the enemy has been trying to deceive people since the very first Easter, right? Since the very first resurrection day. It shouldn't surprise us that uh, Christians around the world today even come under some opposition because people have a chip on their shoulder when we come out to celebrate our Lord and King. Matter of fact, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you how serious this is to some people. There's an organization called American Atheists. What, uh, American Atheists, uh, they, they have an annual American Atheist National Convention every year. They've had it for about 50 years now. And you know what weekend they meet on? Easter weekend. They start on Thursday and they wrap it up today. So while we are out celebrating the resurrection of our king, they are gathering to celebrate nothing. Because they believe in nothing, right? Mocking us while we come and celebrate our king. So I'm going to tell you a quick story. There was a teacher, right? And um, this teacher's name was Nini. And uh, Nini <laughs> was trying to explain to her class of young children why she was an atheist. Not this Nini, because you believe in Christ. <laughs> um, she was, this, this other Nini was trying to tell him why she was an atheist, right? Now, come on, little kids don't know what, a, who, what an atheist is. So when the teacher asked the question, like, who's an atheist? The kids were all raised their hands, except for little Lucy. Little Lucy did not raise her hand. And the teacher said, why are you choosing to be different? Why are you not raising your hand like all the other kids? First of all, my daughter had a teacher like this. We had some troubles. We had some issues. But um, she goes, why didn't you want to raise your hand to what's the way all the other kids did? She goes, um, because I'm not an atheist. The teacher asked, well, then what are you? She said, um, I'm a Christian. And so this little girl, you ever see little kids? Duh. I'm a Christian. She goes, I'm a Christian. Duh. Well, obviously, a teacher being, and an atheist being um, this teacher, she was just like not pleased at all. Not pleased at all. And so what happened was, she goes to her, she goes, well, how do you, how do you even know that you're a Christian? Why do you think you're a Christian? First of all, this conversation should not be happening, happening with teachers and little kids, right? She said, well, I was brought up knowing and loving Jesus. My mom is a Christian. My dad is a Christian. And so I'm a Christian, right? Amen. The teacher got really angry, really angry. And she's starting to get a little frustrated. So she looks at little Lucy and she goes, Lucy, that's no reason to be a Christian just because your parents are Christians. What if your mom was a fool and your dad was a fool? What would you be then? She paused thought about it, 
looked up with a smile, and she goes, well, I guess that would make me an atheist then. Little Lucy knew Psalm 14.1 that says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The fool. This morning, our sermon title is, While It Was Still Dark. And we're going to be reading from John 21 through 18. I want to read all 18 verses before I get into the message. So pay attention to what um, the text says. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still and saw that the the stone had been taken away from the tomb. She ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. They, so they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. This verse is telling us that, that John got some speed. He, he got some speed. <laughs> and he got to be the first one there. And, he, and stooping down, looking in, he saw the linen cloths laying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. And he saw the linen cloths lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, for he, for, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture, he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary, Magda- but Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. As she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus laid. When they heard, when they said, when, then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, women, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposed, she, she, supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you had carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabbani, which is, which is to say teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples what she had seen and seen the Lord and that, and that he had spoken these things to her. I want to I wanna get started. I want to mention this. You, you may, you, when it comes to death, there's something about it that we just can't escape. We just can't escape it. There was a, a person running from a bear, and he thought to get away from this bear, he'd run into, he'd jump down into like a dry well. As he was going down in the dry well, he realized that there was a lion. I, I didn't make the story up. There's a lion in the well, like on the bottom. So he ends up clinging to this little branch on the side of this well, coming out of like the stones. He's holding on to this branch. He can't go up because the bear is waiting to eat him, and he can't go down because the lion is there waiting to eat him. And all of a sudden, he sees a little rat come out and start nibbling on the branch that he's holding on to. If we're going to be real about something this morning, it's real that death is real and it haunts us all. It does. That's why so many of us do so many things, you know, to be better, to be healthy. We watch what we eat. We exercise. We, but it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Don't, like, be like, oh, Pastor said we, we're just running from death, so I shouldn't even work out. I shouldn't eat healthy. No, 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 no. Do those things. But this is why we do that, right? We exercise. We take our vitamins. We go to the doctors on a regular basis. We do all these things because ultimately, you know, we, you know, we want to be healthy. We want to live uh, a life as full as possible. But it's a fact of life that we all face. 
And today's scripture starts with, it starts with early on the first day of the week while it was still dark. Easter begins in darkness. It begins in darkness. It begins with fear, with confusion, with sorrow, with pain. I mean, think about it. Here is the Messiah. The Messiah was crucified. Now they've taken his lifeless body and they've put it in a tomb. And in the darkness, he laid. But in that time, it was dark for everyone else. I mean, the fact is that the resurrection of Jesus Christ happened in total darkness. I mean, was there somebody with a flashlight in there? It happened in total darkness. Even when Christ is resurrected, he shares in our human experiences. And what I mean by that is that Mary Magdalene, she was experiencing a profound darkness this first day of the week. Can you imagine this? Mary was with him. She was with him all the way. She had seen him made, uh, make, li- uh, make bodies new, right? Healed, eyes open. She, she probably heard the, the complaining of the disciples, right? Because, you know, people complain. She was with them when the disciples complained. She was with them when the religious leaders would, would criticize them. I mean, she was there with him through it all. She saw how crowds adored Jesus, Remember, that Palm Sunday, everyone was going crazy. She was there. She saw how they all yelled and how they were jumping up and down. She saw that. But she also saw how those same people hated him at the end of the week. She stood near that cross and she watched as they killed him. Can you imagine that? Her heart was broken. Now it was over. Now her heart was heavy. And her soul, she was in a dark place. What do you do now? What do you do now when you find yourself in a dark place? Have you ever experienced darkness? Are all your days full of sunshine and lilies? Some of us are experiencing some dark days. It's impossible to be human. So for for people like, well, you know what? I have a pretty good life. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad you do. But it's impossible to be human and never experience a dark moment in your life. Some people will experience more than others. And we saw some of the testimonies here that came up, how many of them were in a dark place and were bound to some things and how God set them free. We all have days when we feel that our dreams have been crushed and thrown on the floor. We all have days, well, we don't all have days of this. Um, We all have days when our dreams maybe are shattered. Some could be going through a divorce or a cheating spouse. You guys wouldn't see her here. She'd be buried. No, no, no. Ain't no cheating going on on here. (laughs) It could be a child who's in trouble or a death of a loved one. It could be a pink slip at work. It could be a a bad uh, news from the doctor. You 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 ever hear people say, like, my life was going so well until now, right? You could you could be going through some great times and all of a sudden it was going so good until now. And then you try to figure out what happened in your life. Some people were like, it was never going good, Pastor. It was never going good. And you feel like you're in the darkness a lot more than the average person. Early in the first week, while it was still dark, God was at work in Mary's life. He was making a way where there was no way. John 16, says that, Jesus said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Do you understand what this means? 
He's giving you a heads up. Yes, yes, you're going to have some issues. You're going to have some troubles. You're going to have some problems coming up. And in those situations, it's going to be a little dark in your life. He's like, but, but take heart. Don't worry. It's going to be okay because I have overcome the world. Now, let me tell you something. The way it's okay with you, the way that you'll be okay, I mean, he overcame the world. You didn't. He overcame the world. You didn't. Which means who do you got to be with? Because sometimes we read these verses and we do a pep talks to ourselves. Right? We're going through some stuff and this and that. And we say, um, you know what? Uh, he said there's going to be troubles, that he got it, he overcame the world, so I'll be all right. But you have no relationship with Christ. How do you expect to, 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 to benefit from, the, from, the, from, I, from his overcoming when you, want, when you have no relationship? Even though, even in his favor and mercy and grace, we still do many times. But the, con, the, but the mentality of, I'll be okay because the word says so. But do you have a relationship with that word, with whose word it is? Or are you just quoting something because you've heard someone say it and you heard someone else say it and you heard someone else say it and you think that it's just like a magic, uh, what, do you, what do you call it, uh, 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 abracadabra, you know, when you, the, the words before a magic? You think it's like a magic wand of, of words. Have no doubt about it. When things get tough, church, friends, and they will, it, it doesn't mean that God has abandoned us. It doesn't mean that. No matter what we're feeling or experiencing. You know, the thing is, many of us do go through feelings of abandonment. We do. We struggle with that. We, we, we deal with that. And the thing is that God has no intention of abandoning you. John 14, 18 says, I will not abandon you nor leave you as orphans in the storm. I will come to you. People will let us down. Do you understand that? Who has never been let down by somebody? Please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. I, I want to know the friends you guys hang out with. Let me know if you've never been let down. People will let you down. People will fail you. People will abandon you. But he never will. It's not a good feeling when we get abandoned by our closest friends even family members. But Psalms 27.10 kind of gives you a head, heads up that even family will let you down. The verse says that even, when my, even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. There are many that have not been raised in the traditional setting. You know, when perhaps a father stepped out or a mother stepped out. And what happens is you, you live your life almost with this abandoned feeling and it, and it almost tailors the way you live your life. God wants to set you free from that. He wants to let you know that although that may have happened, he will never, ever abandon you. You know, I've been, I've been pastoring Lighthouse for three years now here. Um, I wouldn't call myself a seasoned pastor because I, I, I would think, you know, 70 and up, that's, that's seasoned. <laughs> that's, that's pretty seasoned, 70 and up pastoring. But, um, but in, in here at Lighthouse and, in, and in, in previous churches where I've served as a minister, I, I've been able to see, I've been able to see some things and um, I've been a pastor long enough to know that there's heartbreak in everyone that's sitting in this room. If you're in this room, there's heartbreak. Some of you are in the midst of a broken heart right now. And some of you have recovered from it, but there's heartbreak in every person here. Somehow, some way. No one's immune to heartache. 
rich, poor, young, old, we all experience pain. In our text, we see that Mary was the first of, the, of Jesus' followers to go into the tomb. And when she gets there, she's stressing out because she thinks they stole his body. Right? The, tomb, the, 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 the stone is rolled. There's no one there. And she thinks that they stole his body. She's stressing out. She's crying. Can you imagine when you think that things can't get any worse, and they do? She was already in a horrible place. She was already, you know, you know crushed and, and in a dark place. Her, her Savior, the Messiah, had been killed, and now he's put in this tomb. And, and she's like, well, let me at least just go. And when she gets there, she thinks not only is he dead, but now his body has been stolen. We don't even have his body. This is a true story. Um, a friend of mine, um, one of my brothers in the Marine Corps, called me to do a funeral for his, his, uh, his mom. Um, and there was a situation in the transporting of her body from one place to another that they lost his mom's body for like a whole, a whole day and a half. And when I tell you that I, just me speaking with him and watching him and being with him, like, do you understand? To, 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 you're already dealing with grief. You're already dealing with the loss of someone that you love. And now you can't, we, can't even, we can't even properly put her to rest because we don't even know where she's at. They, they, they found it. Thank God. They found I don't I don't even know the details anymore. It was it was a while ago, but I remember that it was like a day and a half and he was stressing out and he was not in a good place when they could not find his, the body of his mother. Back to Mary, she runs to the disciples with this horrible news. Can you imagine? She could imagine, guys, guys, somebody stole his body. Of course, Peter began to get up like, what? He already done shanked somebody last week, right? So now he's like, oh, hold up, gets up, and he runs. And then John's like, nah, nah, he go, I got to go because, you know, Jesus loved me more anyway, so <laughs> let, let me go. So now they're both running, and uh, as, you can, as we read, John put the burners on because he got there first. He got there first, but then Peter is still the gangster one because Peter's the one that went in. He got there first to watch. We all got people in our lives like that, right? They be, they be, they be quick to watch. But not do nothing. We all need some Peters in our life, right? Peter went in there like, no, nah, no. Nah. Peter probably like, he, Peter gets there and he probably pushes John out of the way and he goes in there for himself to see the linens empty. It says that after they, after they check and inspect and look around, they go back home. So they go back home. And it says that Mary stays there, and she's crying, and she's weeping. At this moment, she looks, and she sees two angels, right? And they're telling her, like, why are you crying? Just, you know, I mean, they're like, you know, they're, they're, they're there. And, and, and that could have been an amazing sight in the first place. But all of a sudden, someone starts speaking to her, and she turns her around. It's Jesus. But if you, if you can notice the text, she doesn't recognize him. The Bible says that she thinks he's a farmer. So here's Jesus standing next to her in her dark moment, speaking to her, yet she doesn't recognize him. How many times? Can you imagine yourselves? Think right now. How many times? Have you been in a deep despair? How many times have you been in a bad place? How many times are you going through some trials, some tribulations? How many times do you find yourself at the very bottom of things? And Jesus is right there. But you don't recognize him. Isn't that crazy? 
his word told me that he will never leave me nor forsake me. His word told me he won't abandon me. And so why do sometimes I forget that he's with me when I'm going through all these things that I'm going through in my life? In the dark moments of my life, why would I all of a sudden forget that he's there? But yet, here is Mary, and she's in a dark place. She's going through something. You know, she's, she's traumatized. She thinks they stole Jesus' body. She's trying to mourn him. She's crushed, and Jesus is right there. But she didn't recognize him. There are times that we don't recognize him. And as a result, we don't open ourselves to his healing. We don't open ourselves to his love. We don't open ourselves or, or, or give ourselves to his peace or salvation. Do you know that God is constantly trying to bring light into our situations? Like, like he's not holding it back from us like, <laughs> you know, like the evil laugh. Like, <laughs> they're not going to get this light. No, he's constantly wanting to. If you find yourself in a dark place for an extended period of time, you have to ask yourself, have I even gone to the fire? Have I gone to my Lord? He wants to put light in the, in the midst of that dark situation. There are so many people that have stories of having peace and joy in the craziest, horrible, um, like, trials and tribulations in their times of life. There's people that have been happy through those moments. Did you know that? Did you know that there are people that have found joy and peace when the world around them is falling apart? It doesn't make sense to the world. It doesn't make sense to anyone who does not know Christ. James 1, 2-3 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. I understand that the first thing that comes to your mind is not, I'm going to be joyful right now. Somebody slams into your brand new car, the first thing is, I'm joyful right now. <laughs> uh, inflation keeps going up. You go to the store, it used to buy, it used to cost you $35 to get milk, eggs, orange juice, bread, uh, actually not even, it was like $25 to get all the basics for the kitchen, right? For breakfast, it's like $70, $80. Yes. You'd be like, what did I get? <laughs> be like, you do know I only got eggs and milk, right? We can still have peace and joy through current inflation. We can have peace and joy even when we lose a loved one. We can have peace and joy even when we're hurt by those that are closest to us. We can have peace and joy. And the joy is not in the situation, but the joy is found in him. I understand what this is like. And I've experienced moments in my life when, yes, I was able to have peace when everything was falling apart. Last night was one of those moments, though. I mean, Friday night was not one of those moments when we didn't have food, when we didn't know if we were going to have food or not. I didn't have peace that night until I found out we were going to get some food. But there was a peace and a joy that came the next day when God provided, right? Church, have you experienced peace and joy when all around you is falling apart, when everyone in your life is saying you shouldn't be happy 
because they're telling you how you should be. Oh, you should be miserable right now. Oh, you shouldn't even be happy. Oh, you should just lock yourself in your room and never come out. Oh, you should. I mean, this is these are things that maybe are not said to us directly, but the world expects that of us. It's about it's about it's about a peace that transcends all understanding and a joy that makes no sense to the world around us. Mary didn't recognize Jesus until he says her name. Let me say that again. Mary didn't recognize Jesus until he said, Mary, do you know that Jesus is calling your name? Do you know that? Do you know that he's calling your name right now? Ada, Priscilla, Caesar, Maribel, Miguel. Joanna, he's calling your name. I don't think you get this part. She was in a dark place. When she thought it couldn't get worse, it got worse. And all of a sudden, without her realizing it, Jesus was there by her side, even in the midst of her dark moment. But she did not recognize him. Until he said her name. We serve a God that is personal. He knows what you are going through. He knows what you're going through. What you're feeling. What you're experiencing. How the the, the trials and the tribulations that are affecting your life at this very moment, he knows it. And so by him saying, Christina... By him saying, Mike, he's like, yo, I know what you're going through. Do you hear me calling you? I know everything about you. The thing is, do we hear him or are we even listening for him? Are we, or do we have our ears open to hear the voice of God? Because of Mary's recognition of the resurrected Christ, her life suddenly goes in a different direction. Here she is, the lowest of lows, on the bottom. All of a sudden, she can't contain herself. The Bible says she runs to tell the disciples the great news. I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. Now, can you imagine Peter and John? We were just over there. We were just over there. There's nobody in the tomb. I've seen him. He was right next to me. Where he at? I've seen him. She, with those words, she's the first person to witness that Jesus had been raised from the death, from the from death, and that death had been defeated. Do you know that no longer do we have to live in darkness? No longer do, um, are we. Um, have to be afraid of death. Christ has defeated sin and death, and the cure for death has arrived. What do you mean? There's no cure. There, there's a cure for death. You didn't know? And it's found through Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 55 says, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, where, O oh death, is your, your sting? Where, O oh death, is your sting? Thanks be to God. He gives us victory over death through Jesus Christ. Do you know that in this world we live lives trying to camouflage death? We try to cover it up. We have people pass away, and what do we do? We take them to a place, and they put on really nice clothes, and they put makeup on them, and they, they do their best to make them look living. We, we want to cover up death. But those in Christ, we, don't, we shouldn't fear death. As a matter of fact, if we're in Christ, we should deny any language that sounds like death. Do you understand? Like The way we talk and the way we live should be denying daily death. I mean, I'm not going to go in this direction, but we should be raising each other up. Right? Not cutting each other down that's a form of speaking life and not speaking death but even in how we live 
right? We, we don't say things like when we die. No, we say when we pass away because we're passing away from this life to the next. We don't say when we die. We say when we cross over. We don't say, we don't, we don't say when we die. We say when we enter eternity. Do you see the language? The world just says when we die. No, we're different because we are not dying. We have defeated death. The devil stands defeated. The resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth is a distinct event in history. Think about it. Think about this right now. Mohammed never came back to life. Buddha is still buried somewhere. What? Oh, Buddha's buried somewhere. Think about it. Think about the Greek gods that everyone that's they're, they're vanished. Where are the Greek gods now? Right? The respect, respected people of the past, politicians, philosophers, they're all dead. They're all dead. But Jesus is alive. Do you understand that? He's alive. And those that believe in him are alive as well. John eleven twenty five, John eleven twenty five says this. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. So my question is, do you believe? Because it's pretty simple. I, I mean, we could, we could try to make it more complicated. But right now it says anyone who believes in me will have everlasting life. Do you believe? Is the first it's the first thing you should ask yourself now if the answer is no then I urge you today is the day for salvation don't leave here without making that decision but if the answer is yes I believe then the next question you ask yourself is am I living as though I believe am I living a life that reflects my belief in him because, you know, we all want to be like, oh, I believe, and then still go wild out and be part of the world. I know that, <laughs> I know that, and I, I, I giggle because my son and I, my son was showing me a video last night of, uh, of certain groups of people that are over the top in their, in their zeal, right? It's like, you know, hey, if God has convicted you, and he doesn't want you to play PlayStation, then don't play PlayStation. But you can't damn PlayStation to hell and everyone that plays it. Like, that's, that was your conviction, right? That was your conviction. You can't be like the PlayStation is the devil, right? And that every PlayStation has to be thrown in a, in a, in a, in a pile of fire. We've gone through things like that. Growing up, we've gone through things. And there's always going to be people that says, you can't do that and that's evil. And many times it's a conviction that God has placed on them. But this is not about being overzealous or not. The Bible calls us to be holy. So, so I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not being legalistic and I'm not being, you know, overly zealous about those things. I'm telling you, ask yourself, are you living a life that reflects the decision that you've made to follow Christ? Because the word tells us to live holy lives. To be holy as he is holy. Easter isn't about reciting words, right? Without really thinking about what they mean. It's not about going through the motions or just showing up because we think we need to. Easter is about having an encounter with a living God. With the risen Christ. It's about new life. What better, uh, what better day? What better day to make a commitment to be born again, to be made new, to be made whole than a day that we gather together to celebrate the newness of life? It's about the defeat of death. It's about transformation, and we witnessed that 
earlier with the cardboard testimonies. Those transformations, that's what it's about. Real stories from real people. It's about the death, it's about the defeat of death by Christ for you and for me and for all who believe. It's about being saved. On the first week, on the first day of the week while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene, she went to the tomb and she saw that the stone had been removed. Can I, can I say something? I think, I want to say this. I want to say that I, I think a lot of us live as if we're in a tomb with a stone covering the entrance. Some of us feel that there's no hope in certain areas of our life. We feel like there's no way out. You ever feel like that, like almost suffocating with the things that you're going through in life? Suffocating with the things that overwhelm you, with the problems, with the responsibilities, with all the stuff that's going on? You're suffocating and you feel like that's it. That's it. There's no way out of this. And we feel like we're in a tomb with that stone right in front. Too many of us are living in this deep darkness without hope. Too many of us without reasons to live. Look, there were several that said suicidal, suicidal thoughts. That's becoming more and more common every day. And we need to rebuke that. Those are not godly thoughts. When you begin to think about taking your life, that is the enemy lying to you. First of all, to take something that doesn't belong to you anyway. Our lives belong to him. We, we can't take something that doesn't belong to us. Our lives are his. He bought it on the cross with his life. Why are there mass shootings happening over and over and over again? Why are people so angry these days? Some of y'all be angry too much. Yes, even in this room right now. I won't look. I won't look. Some of y'all need to practice the hoosa. Oh, Lord. Jesus. There are people angry. There's people committing violent acts. There's people committing suicide. There's people that are running around scared. Did you know that? Fear. Fear is crippling people these days. It's crippling people. No, no, I ain't going over there. I ain't going there. I'm scared. No, 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 no. No, no, I'm going to stay home today. I'm going to stay home today. No, no. No, I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to. Fear. They're going to steal this. They're going to steal that. If I, if I this and that. I mean, I understand we need to take precautions and guard what's ours, right? But I can't live my life comfortably and free thinking that every five seconds something's going to happen or someone's going to take this or someone's going to hurt me here. Or this. Like, how can we live like that? Like, you got to remind yourself, like, no, no, wait a minute. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. And walk confidently knowing that we walk in the authority of Christ. Fear again, does not come from God. When our lives are overwhelmed with fear, then at that moment we need to take a moment and, and just be like, Lord, remove this from me because I know it does not come from you. But until we turn to Jesus when he says your name, we will all remain in a tomb with the stone blocking the entrance. Do you understand that? So when he says your name and you respond to Jesus and you give your life to Jesus and you surrender your life to Jesus, while in those dark moments, all of a sudden he rolls the stone and he puts light he brings light into our circumstances. I like the way Paul puts it in Ephesians. 
Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 6. It says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. If you refuse to obey God, just know that you're being guided by the enemy, by the devil. The Bible says it here. He is the spirit of at work in the hearts of all those who refuse to obey God. All of us that used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature, by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life, and he raised us, he raised Christ from the dead. Now, it's only... By God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Because we are united with Christ Jesus. When we turn to Christ, the same power that rolled the stone away in front of that tomb is the same power that rolls away ours. There is nothing in your life that's impossible for him to overcome. There's nothing in your life that that he can't that he can't handle. As the light shines in, we all know that light and dark can't be in the same room. The second a light switch is turned on, the darkness goes. And that's what he wants to do in our lives. Plus, on top of that, we're lighthouse. We're lighthouse family. So we should be shining even brighter. When we are made, when we are made alive with Christ, born again, not by human birth, right? But by the Holy Spirit. We share the resurrection with him. Church, can you stand with me this morning? Prayer team, can you make your way up to the front, please? Church. The reality is this. You don't, you don't have to try to convince me or fool me. Or, or you only, it, it's, it's, you're only keeping yourself in that place. But the reality is that there are some of us here this morning that are currently in a dark place. We can smile. We can put up a front. We can try to giggle. We can try to occupy our time with so many things that we don't have an opportunity to stay still and think about what's going on in our life. You guys know that you guys do that all the time, right? Let me just occupy myself, occupy myself, occupy myself so I don't have to think about what's going on in my life. Stop and think about what's going on in your life. See the details of what's going on in your life. Acknowledge how big it is and how hard it is and, and, and how, how difficult the circumstances may be. Acknowledge all that so that you can give it to God and that you can see his miraculous hand move powerfully in your life. Do not stay in the dark places of your life. We want to pray with you guys this morning. We want to pray with you this morning because it's not just those that don't believe are those that have not accepted Christ that might be in a dark place. Christians can be in dark places too. We can accept Christ and still be going through some dark moments in our life. I 
I remember some dark moments in my walk. There's, and some even recently. When, and I think sometimes being in a dark moment as a Christian can be harder sometimes. Because then we begin to question, like, God, but you said in your word, but, you, but, but, you, but I know what you're capable of, but, but I know what you did in, in, in the Bible, and we ask questions like, why not me? Why am I not healed? Why am I not delivered from this? Why am I still struggling with this? Why did why my family have to go through this? And, and, and we go through the questions, and sometimes it's worse because we know what the Bible says, and we're like, I don't understand. I'm not seeing. Well, I'm God. I, I, these are promises, and we, and we go back and forth with him. He says, why? He's still there. He hasn't abandoned. If you find yourself in a dark place this morning, if you're struggling with anything in your life that maybe you don't see a way out or you've tried on your own and have failed, we want to pray with you this morning. I want to I surrender that. I want you guys to surrender that to the Lord here at the altar. The Bible says, but while it was still dark, if some of you are in your dark moments, while it's still dark, he wants to bring you to light. And today is that day. Jesus died on the cross and rose and defeated death so that we can be set free. And some of us are not free this morning. Do you understand what he did? He died and he resurrected so that we would be free. And some of us are standing here bound. Carlos's board said he was bound to alcohol. He was bound to it. It controlled him. Like, even when he didn't think about it, it just naturally, his body went toward that. But God set him free. He broke those chains that kept them there. And God wants to set you guys free from things in your life. He wants to break chains this morning. Don't wait. Don't pass it on. Don't be like, well, next Sunday or maybe another day. There's too many people here today or whatever the case. No, no. Do not let this opportunity pass by.